Welcome to another episode of Northwest Passages, the program that features passages from books or poems with a connection to the Pacific Northwest. I'm your host, Douglas Fur, and today we're continuing to feature passages from Ken Kesey's 1964 novel, Sometimes a Great Notion, which has been described as his opus. It's a story about an Oregon logging family led by a strong-willed father who fights with his family, his friends, and many others in their small logging town. In this passage, we'll hear some of their backstory, which actually takes place later in the book, about settling in rural Oregon. When my father mustered out of the Navy in 1945, we moved from a fair-sized town near Mare Island, where he had been stationed, to the old Jarnigan Place in the Willamette Valley, a two-story farmhouse 30 miles from Eugene, where Daddy had a job. 15 miles from Coburg, where I would attend the third grade, and a good million light years from the highway, where the nearest other human being could be found. Electricity had penetrated as far as the kitchen and living room, but to illuminate any of the rest of the house, one needed to go through the entire Coleman lantern bit, replete with ash mantles, a nickel-plated hand pump, and white gasoline, which was considered too dangerous for a third grader who should be old enough by now to sleep in the dark, for goodness sake. And my second-floor bedroom was indeed dark, damn dark. A backcountry night in a one-window room during a tar-bucket rain in the sort of dark where nothing at all happens when you open and close your eyes. There is simply no light. But, like water, this thick dark affords tremendous conductivity to sounds of unknown sources. And after I had lain three or four bulge-eyed hours of my first night in my new bed, I began to perceive one of these very sounds, something hard, heavy, and horrible, rumbling and thudding insanely from one side of the hall to the other, coming steadily closer. My head lifted from the pillow. I stared in the direction of my door, filling the void with demented monster crabs and drunken robots as the noise came relentlessly on through my door into my room. I recall thinking when I discovered Edgar Allan Poe's world some years after, yes, this is sure the way it sometimes is. I lay with my head lifted. I didn't call out. I felt totally bereft of voice, the way you feel when you try calling out in the confines of a dream. And as I waited, an odd, recurring light at my window began to illuminate the room. A brief, quick glow, separated by long intervals of identically timed darkness. The rain had stopped and the clouds lifted, allowing the sweeping beam of a beacon from a crop duster's airfield to swing across my upstairs window. I traced down this mystery light weeks later. From the stroboscope impressions given me by this periodic flash, I was able to solve my mystery. A small rat had scored a large walnut from the storeroom down the hall and was trying to corral it against something solid so he could gnaw through its stubborn shell. The nut kept skittering away from the rat's teeth, and the rat kept chasing after it and rolling it back against the wooden wall, which amplified his gnawing like a sounding board. Teamed thus, the two of them had worked their way from the storeroom, along the baseboard, all the way to my open door. Just a mouse, that light showed me, just a little old field rat. I breathed and let my head fall back to the pillow. Just a mouse chewing a nut. That's all. That's all it. But what's this light that keeps flashing past like a ghost or something flying round and around the house looking for a place to get in? What is this awful light? 
The same November rain that drove the mice from their holes and beat the eelgrass flat also stirred up the mightiest flock of migrating geese the coast had seen in centuries. At night, above the lullabying roll of the wind and rain, the ring of their voices could be heard, the free, bright, yodeling toll of Canada honkers. They were stirred south all the way from Dawson Creek by the storm, feeding in the oat stubble by day and flying southward by night. And the great honking set up by this nightly flight came pealing like mountain bells down from the peaks of the wind, through the clouds and into the little muddy towns that lined the coastal flyways. When most of the citizens of these little towns woke to hear them tolling past their rooftops, they only heard, winter is here, winter is here, like a taunting, malevolent chant over and over, winter is here, winter is here. Thanks to Connie Furr for that reading of the passage from Sometimes a Great Notion by Ken Kesey. The film version of that book, directed by Paul Newman, who also starred in the film, was nominated for two Oscars. If you're interested in learning more about the author, you might want to check out the book called Acid Christ, which tells the author's backstory in vivid detail. Thanks for listening today. Northwest Passages is a KSQM Studios production.